<laughs> he's like, oh my god, Ralph! I can't believe the the, the, the swimming scene, just like, or like, <laughs> or <laughs> during the seance. You remember the mating episode? Yep. Uh, yes. <laughs> his mating screen. <laughs> <laughs> that which shall not be uttered again. <laughs> For anyone we curious, just... we're talking about Hereditary, if you haven't seen that film. And if it just was it, replaced with Zoidberg. If you have seen it, it's interesting. And uh, we want to replace all the sounds with Futurama sounds. If you haven't seen it yet, don't. And just wait, wait for our version. <laughs> wait for our edit. <laughs> we promise you'll like it even more. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, what? Why? Be... Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, you're scaring me. <laughs> There's one thing about that that kid actor that like got me. He literally like you know like how people um when they are crying or whatever, like the fake cry yeah. is like wah. He literally wah. <laughs> yeah, there was a did. point in the movie he literally <laughs> wad. <laughs> He did. He wad. He noped. He did. He did a lot of things. Yeah. He yeeted. He yeeted. <laughs> he did that very well. He did. He did that self yeet. <laughs> ah, but also, out. but <laughs> also, same. Like there is no other way oh, to react to yeah, that. Yeah, no. You turn around. There's like three old <laughs> naked people staring at you in your attic. Yeah, no. Jump out the window. Yeah, no. That's literally <laughs> your only option. <laughs> ah. <laughs> It's, it was also, it's just so funny because it's so sudden, like, mm-hmm. because it's like, it's like escalating, 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 pff, done. Yep. Like, and then there's the, the yeah. up into the tree house. Oh, God, God, that movie was weird. It's a weird ass movie, for sure. <laughs> I am really excited about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that looks, I can't get over that, that scene. Of, ah. If I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. If anybody <laughs> accidentally kills anybody, they go to jail. It's called it's manslaughter. manslaughter. <laughs> I really think that as most Tarantino films uh, do, I think that that film is going to be like 75% one way, and then the last 25% is going to go a whole different You know, direction. I've been thinking that the entire time. Every time I see that trailer, I'm like, there's got to be more to this than I've... what I'm... What I, think. I think it's Marilyn Man or the Mansons. Well, it is. It, it's it about the Manson family because that there's oh. no other reason why Sharon. Well, yeah, because there's Sharon Tate, mm-hmm. who's played by Margot Robbie, right. and then they say, "Hey, you should meet Charlie," and he looks just like Charles Manson. So it's going to be about the Manson family oh. and the Tate murder. Um, but I think that what they might do is kind of go an inglorious bastards route with it. Um, right. Oh, maybe somehow prevent. That, yeah, that like prevent the tape murder. Um, oh God, inglorious bastards! I hope I hope that Sharon Tate kicks ass is what I hope happens. Uh, just like the Jewish girl kills Hitler, mm-hmm. that'd be great. Also, another fun fact: Did you know that Hillary Duff is in a movie where she plays Sharon Tate called "The Haunting of Sharon Tate"? Really? No. Yeah, and apparently it's real bad. So we should definitely watch it. I mean, it is Hillary <laughs> Duff. I guess, yeah, I guess we should. When did it come out? Uh, Back when she, maybe five years ago. Oh, so like not Yeah, it's long. not. Yeah, she was pregnant when she filmed it because Sharon Tate was pregnant Hillary when Duff she was pregnant? murdered. Yeah, yeah she has like a, a five-year-old. What? Oh, never mind, y'all. Yeah, it was 2019 when this sucker came out. Oh, so this year. So it came out this year. Oh. I've heard it's 
not good. Well, it was actually done on the Flop House, which is a funny um, podcast where they talk right. about bad movies. <laughs> so presumably bad. So yeah, and they give them ratings of like good, bad, 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 or a movie they kind of liked, and they all gave it bad, bad. Do you remember there was an interview where they were like doing uh, trivia facts uh, or trivia questions to the Marvel stars, mm-hmm. and they were at, they were talking to Chris Pratt. And they're like, who was the villain in Thor 2? And he looks them dead in the eye and says, the writers. Uh, <laughs> I like that. But anyway. Hey there, and welcome to the Geek Easy. Pull up a drink, pull yourself a chair, and be careful because the first three rows are a splash zone. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Thanks. How's it going, Tim? Oh, pretty good. How are you today, Beth? Good. Uh, so today... I'm fine too, thanks. Oh, God. Oh, right. We forgot. Ross oh, here. still here. The handy, handy <laughs> producer. You know, just route. I'm Natter, okay? I guess the new guy didn't show up. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> well, that's fun, because we're going to talk about cult films. Which do typically involve murder. Usually, if they're good but or fun. But in a quirky, fun, fun way. Yeah. Everybody loves murder, right? Hey, Tim, what are we drinking? Today, we're drinking the bloody mess, um, which consisted of me taking fruit punch and... Every alcohol I could find. In this case, uh, lime-flavored gin, vodka, and tequila. Dumping in a glass with some triple sec and calling it a day. But here's the thing. Honestly, if you put this drink in like a smoke box and served it at a high-end bar, you can get like 30 bucks for this. Oh, yeah. People would pay for it. Oh, yeah. They'd love this. So, guys, um, we're going to talk about some cult films, right? Yeah. Yes, we are. Let's kind of go over exactly what makes a cult film a cult film, which is probably harder than you think. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Most Who people is a cult film. R- where is right. a cult film? Why, Why is a cult, cult film? film? <laughs> uh, you know, most people can say like what they can name cult films. Yeah, but it, it is. I mean, even just getting in, like thinking about this before before recording, it was hard to really define what it was. Yeah, and it's kind of well. It's also one of those things where it has a different meaning to kind of everybody. Like I was going through IMDb's like hundred best cult films or whatever. Right. And I was like, I don't think that's a cult film. That's not really a cult film. And I think that it's because it kind of has an evolving definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting too is, you know, like um, we talked about the other night, um, you originally like all cult films were horrors. Um, yeah. Like, it, like if you think cult film, you think cult horror. Right. And, originally. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, until finding, you know, other lists and looking through a bunch of yeah. stuff. but. But yeah, it started out with stuff kind of like, uh, I feel like, you know, the Swamp Thing. And, oh, you know, yeah. there's like, there's really cheesy Nosferatu. 19... Yeah, like cheesy 1950s or even Nosferatu's 1920s, yeah, know. you know. Have you ever have you ever watched that movie? Yes. Where he I glides off, the, off the window? That is wild. You know, that guy did not have special makeup. Really? He's, He's just, just that really weird looking. Weird looking. Yeah. Oh, no. Isn't that awful? Poor guy. How do they find these people? They like put out a notice. I'm like, are you real ugly? Do you look like you might already be dead? Come on in, get a job. That happened to um, uh, who's the guy that plays Uncle Machete? What's his name? Machete. Oh yeah, um, Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny yeah. Trejo. Uh, he was. I heard this story where he was at a party <coughs> once, and there was a plastic surgeon. And they were like, we could help you out. And like his wife was like, absolutely not. Like this is the money maker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know how he got his job, right? 
No. He, he had just gotten out of prison. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't get a job. And one of his buddies who worked in Hollywood was like, hey, you know, like, come work for me as a carpenter. Like, I know yeah. you're a good guy. And he got there and a director was walking by and was like, whoa, you are what I need. <laughs> you look like a criminal. Right. <laughs> And Danny Trent, now he's, you know, like and helping kids in poverty and oh, like yeah. doing great and things. like a really great guy but all and a because, good actor. Right. But all because somebody literally looked at him and said, yeah, you look like a vicious criminal. Come work for me. Come with me, my friend. Hollywood, man. Weird place. It's wild. What a weird, weird place. Weird place. Also weird critics. Anyway. Um, and they don't typically like cult films. Yeah. So cult films. Cult films are usually bad. Right. By a critic standards or by box office sales. Um, but after time, gain a quote unquote cult following where just a lot of people are like, oh, this hidden gem from 20 years ago. And the people that like it love it. I cannot get over how much you guys talk about the freaking room. I love the room. Oh, I hate that movie. <laughs> but that's the <laughs> point, right? Like that is the Frickin' point. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's been multiple occasions where our friend group were just like, let's just watch sit, chill, and, and watch, just the, watch room. the room. Like, and why I- is that a normal thing? <laughs> it's like a Saturday night, and we're like, uh, do we want to go to the club or do we want to watch the room? I don't know. It's I don't know, Tim. Would you rather go to a club or watch the room? You know, honestly, I'd rather go to my room. <laughs> Come it's on. better than okay, here. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The room is good fun, for sure. Yeah, it is fun. I can understand, like... It's, like, fun once, though. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, get in, we'll get into this in, as part of different categories of cult films, but it's part of those that I feel that is because it's so quotable. Yeah. Like, the quoting is is the thing There's that some keeps really you coming back. There's some really good quirky scenes. Well, I did not. I didn't. Exactly. Oh, yeah, hi, Mark. That's fair. And the more you watch it, the more you like catch on to like the the way that they say things or when they say it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing that's really like I feel like what makes a cult film a cult film is that it creates a sense of like community or camaraderie when you talk to somebody about this film that wasn't super popular, but somebody else has seen it and they know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this one more later, but, like, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is such a prime example of that. Yeah, because there's always that time in college. And high school. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. Um, That's fair. Raleigh people, was high schoolers. Yeah. When people are like, oh, my God, you haven't seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Come to my dorm room. Like, we'll watch it right uh, now. Okay. I don't okay. know you, but, like, that seems safe. That seems fine. It's college. What are you going to do? Yeah, you're right. Is it a horror <laughs> film? Is it scary? It has horror. Oh, my God. You just have to see it. You know, I'm pretty sure I have, like, overheard that conversation in the halls three or four times in the last year. The last year? Oh, yeah. Well, just, oh. like, from being in grad school, like, not even being say, a part you, of it anymore. You do go to a college. Like, I just, like, walk by undergrads, and they'll be talking about Rocky Horror. I'm like, no, please. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's fun, but Stop. Everybody needs their moment, Tim. Everybody needs Everybody their moment. Everybody has to have that time. That's true. You just got to give them that time. They become part of the community. And I mean, that's the thing also I think that is important to, to note about cult films is that most of them are completely unique. There's no 
there's no other film quite like it. That is true. And that's I, th- I think that's one of the big things that makes them stand out and hold for that longevity. It's even if there are films later on that come back and are created and like taken pieces of of a cult film, mm-hmm. you can pinpoint back to those films like this was the inspiration yeah or you see things in movies that like make fun of it like the thing that comes to mind is animaniacs was really crazy about that where they would take cult or even sometimes popular films and just oh yeah satirize it um yeah every every 90s cartoon had a joke about 2001 every single one of 2001 a space odyssey 2001 and psycho yep Every single cartoon. And The Shining. There are a lot about The Shining. Oh, yeah. That one as well. So do we want to kind of like break down some categories that we've kind of jumbled these as best as we could into uh, for for cults? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of these all all mixed together, right? They really do. They do. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah, I've got, um, I was thinking about it, and it's cult films can be hilariously bad. Um quote unquote deep movies that make you think um <laughs> or like a cinematic novelty. Yeah. So let's start off with the the hilariously bad ones. Yeah. And the room. The there's let's, the room. Let's talk about the room. The room was so hilariously bad that they made a movie about it being hilariously bad. Oh yeah. Uh, which I loved. That movie is also a good movie, and you should definitely see it. The, the name of it is it's the Danger Room, right? Isn't that what they no, call it? No, it's... Um, oh, oh, that's X-Men. Frick. I don't know why I thought that. Ralph, what is the name of that? Um, disaster Artist. Disaster, disaster Artist. I knew it was something dangerous. Yeah. So it was so bad, they made a, a movie about how bad the film process was. And that movie is a wild ride. I never saw that one. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I watched it uh, during like a sick week where I just watched a crap ton of movies right. that seemed interesting. And that was one of them. <laughs> but it was it's pretty good. Because that was James Franco, wasn't it's it? It's James Franco and, and Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Oh, nice. The, the duo. And uh, James Franco's brother is also in it. When I was in high school, my senior year, I took a um, film critique class, Mm -hmm. which was really fun. Still probably one of my favorite classes I ever took in high school. Um, The very first movie we watched was The Room. Really? That's what he led with? That's what he led with. Because he said, this was his reasoning. He said, you can't know good movies until you've seen the worst movie. He, uh, Your teacher had clearly never seen Birdemic, though. <laughs> I know. Well, no, it wasn't out. I graduated oh. in 2010. Oh, wait. Really? Oh, was, yeah. when did Birdemic come out? Birdemic came out in 2010. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, so Birdemic had just not come out yet. Because that... I think is actually worse than The Room. It is definitely worse than The Room. I think one of the reasons, though, if you really think about it, it like is because of the attempt at graphics. Like when special effects come into play, that's when you can really start setting like the good movie apart from the that's bad one. That's true. But and, Ralph... like, the, the Room was like normal um, settings 
with yeah. normal people. Right. Yeah. With and just, just terrible dialogue. Terrible dialogue, terrible delivery. acting. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so funny because the writing is terrible. Mm-hmm. The dialogue is terrible. The acting is terrible. And the main guy wrote, directed, starred in, and produced like everything. Right. It, right. And he was just a weird guy. Like he's, so strange and no one to this day knows where he's from like <laughs> no one knows what his accent is what, no what one is his name knows again? what I he's going forget. through his head tommy why so why so that's yeah it. his name is tommy why so and he's an enigma of a person so what's the uh I, I i think i can guess it but what what's the premise of birdemic <laughs> so have you seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds? Yes. So it's like that, but bad. Oh, okay. Um, uh, that is actually the most cohesive explanation of it. Yeah, that kind of sums up the whole movie. It's yeah. a college student's film project that for some ungodly reason... Okay, I hate to break it to you. Is that not the truth? It is not a college student's that is film what, project. That is what we were always told, is it was a it film is, project. It is a guy... Who put his entire savings into this movie? Uh, so did he work at McDonald's? Like what? What? what <laughs> I mean, the savings had to have been maybe a thousand dollars. I feel like you could have like done a... better graphics just on like iMovie. Oh, absolutely! You could. <laughs> oh, have... for sure. I mean, it's birds. Like birds are not hard to like. And yet they somehow really screwed it up. It's so bad. There's a scene you have to go watch. Oh, we found the video under the title. Um, what was it? Uh, coat hanger warriors. Coat hanger warriors, where the birds attack them and they are swinging coat hangers at them to try to fight them yeah. off. It's possibly the most disgustingly badly animated it's scene. So funny. It's my favorite. The budget for the film was ten thousand dollars. Oh wow, yeah, that okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and it was produced through this guy's company. I remember here's one more that I'm not sure if it is hilariously bad or if it's like a actual cinematic novelty. It's one of those like weird ones. But have you ever seen rubber? Yeah, <laughs> rubber, rubber. Actually, I, th- I think probably I, it almost fits more into the quote deep movies. Deep movies. Well, here's the weird thing though, because like rubber tried to be deep i feel like right let's talk about let can we before because i don't know how popular this one is let's talk about what it's about okay so rubber is about a psychic tire a psychic killer tire killer tire yes specifically a killer tire and he rolls around (laughs) in the desert in the desert and he kills things it starts off with just by shaking right starts off with animals and then becomes people in a motel Mm-hmm. And just keeps escalating because he's a killer tire. Yeah. And so my favorite thing about this movie, it starts off. Um, oh, you're also watching an audience watch, watch it happen. the tire. Yeah. Which is um, probably my favorite part. I right. think I really enjoy <laughs> the, peanut the peanut gallery of the audience is kind of the funniest part for sure. Yeah, they are they they are hilarious. Um, their reactions to a lot of things, especially. But the my favorite part of the film happens, and the reason why I think it's like one of those quote deep films that people want to make deeper than it is. Right. Is uh, you start off watching the peanut gallery, and they're looking out at a, at a road, and the road has a bunch of chairs scattered across it. Yeah. And the director, 
uh, is in a car, <laughs> and the car drives up and hits and swerves and hits every single chair as it as it, it approaches. And he gets out of the car oh, and he looks at part. them and he looks at the camera and he says, "None of it matters. None of this matters. If you think it matters, you're wrong." And then he just keeps going and like goes into the film and that's how it starts. And like, it, and then you watch for two hours as this tire rolls around killing things. Yep. And, and, and he's totally right. They don't lie to you. None of it None matters. None of it matters. What's the plot? None there of isn't it matters. One. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like this descent into like Dadaism, I guess, of like just the absurdity of it all. Um, but it's so like I I put it under hilariously bad because it is even hilarious. though I enjoyed it, it is hilarious. It tries too hard to be absolutely, deep. and I'm just like, really, this is so silly. And if you want proof that it tried too hard to be deep, um, do you know where the trailer was first found? I saw this trailer. In a VHS copy yep. of Fight, Fight Club. Club. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was on the original VHS as a Fight Club. I think I still have one somewhere. Yeah. I, I, um, when I was on my internship in Maine, which was only back in 2013, right. uh, all we had was a big, like, boxy television and a VCR. The dark days. <laughs> and so we had a bunch of VHS movies, and one of them was Fight Club. And I was like, rubber? Rubber is on yep, here? Absolutely. Is Fight Club considered a cult film? Fight Club is actually considered a cult film. Well, it it's on all the list. it's all it on was. who you ask, but it is like it was number four on IMDb. So I was thinking, I was like, I think I'd consider it a cult film. Yeah, but here's the other thing: is it's based on like a cult writer, a cult novel writer's right. book. Because Chuck Palahniuk is also kind of one of those guys, which we're going to talk about Quentin Tarantino, but I feel like he's kind of the Quentin Tarantino of novels. Mm -hmm. Like teenage boys are like, yeah, this is the first thing that I've ever felt connected to in a book. Like, you know, right. <laughs> like Chuck Palahniuk. This oh is my the God. first time I've ever felt. <laughs> right. Oh, it's God. super deep. I know that we were getting ready to move on to the next section, but I know, Tim, this is also one of your favorite movies. I do. So... Do you I, consider Sharknado hilariously bad? I, I can't tell anymore. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if <laughs> just you just enjoy it to enjoy it or. So, okay. So I know sometimes I'll make weird arguments about the quality of films, um, a.k.a. the proposal is the golden film. Um, but <laughs> Yes, I, guys, that is the rom-com with Sandra Bullock. Yes. You got it right. And Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds. And That's right. in it. And a hawk. <laughs> you can't forget the hawk. Um, but, uh, you know, so I have some weird, weird opinions about some films, but, uh, I do understand Sharknado for what it is. I, but it is so, so funny. I love it. I, it's okay. So if you, if you can't figure out from the title, Sharknado is literally a tornado <laughs> of sharks and it comes from this concept. Um, tornadoes actually do this thing where they will pick up fish and throw them hundreds of miles inland. Um, Makes sense. Not necessarily a thing I think I knew. 
yeah, it's it's actually kind of a cool cool thing to look at um, scientific figures for. I haven't like seen it happen for obvious reasons, but like you know, wh- like you know, because you just don't get that close to tornadoes, right? Exactly. But looking at the daily. math, I mean, could you imagine the first time somebody found like a deep water tuna <laughs> in Iowa? Like, I, I mean, just like oh, what? So you know, it's it's a it's a weird phenomenon already. And then somebody was like, "What if it happened with sharks?" And so, <laughs> so you have make you know, a deadly thing more deadly, right? And it, and you just get these weird films. And the first one like was was odd, right? Because they introduced the Sharknado, and then it just keeps getting bigger. And so by the by, um, I believe it's the Fourth Awakens. Um, yes, it is. Names are even. Oh, they're the best. Three was oh hell no. Um, I think two was another one. Three was oh hell no. Four was the Fourth Awakens. Um, and so in one of them he goes to space because the sharks have been thrown into orbit. And uh, so your hero is Finn Shepard, which you know, come on. Gosh, come on. (laughs) Also, why is it a problem the sharks are in space? Oh well, because well, he's actually trying to activate a satellite to disrupt one of the tornadoes. Uh, one of the Sharknadoes, and uh, the sharks are in space, so he has to get past them to activate the satellite. I was also, like, I was honestly like, getting ready to ask more deeper questions about the plot, but then I, you said that, and I'm, I'm done. Yeah, no, no, no. That's <laughs> about as deep as he get. Oh, also, David Hasselhoff is his plays Finn's dad. Of um, course he does. Of course he does. Of so, course, which he does. makes for just like some of the greatest jokes. Um, but I, I will never forget uh, the fifth one. Um, global swarming. Global swarming. I just now looked up all the titles. Yep. There's a scene where they're in Tokyo, and the main girl, the main uh, Finn, and this this new character, who's a young Asian man, are looking over the buildings, and you hear this roar, and Finn is like, "Oh my God, what is that?" And the Asian guy goes, "That's Shakazira." No, they don't. Please tell me they don't. Oh my God. It's uh, Shagazira. <laughs> Stop. I cannot. I cannot explain to you how over the top these movies get. <laughs> but like they are. Um, also, what was that kid? He uh, was um, not Frankie Muniz. I don't think he was in. He was in a bunch of Nickelodeon shows, and then he had the spy movie. Um, okay. Well, no, all I can think it's Frankie Muniz. I think that might actually be Frankie Muniz. Yeah. Anyway, he's in one of them and of like gets all is. his limbs chopped off like uh, Monty Python Black Knight style. Like <laughs> it's so oh, the best part. Uh at the end of the third movie, it aired opening night on Sci-Fi Channel. Right. Not in theaters, on Sci-Fi Channel. And at the end of the movie, there is a scene where a shark is flying at one of the main female leads and it says and it ends and it says, "What happens?" text hashtag #keep her or hashtag eat her to this number and decide her fate. So, oh my God. <laughs> this already underpaid actress, because she's on a sci-fi original movie, uh, is now having her fate decided, her career, her, her job. By dudes. a bunch of nerds. <laughs> also, I wish that everyone could see how excited Tim got it's, talking oh, about this movie. God, it's one of my <laughs> favorites. Like, I've never seen somebody so blatantly get away with just like being obnoxious and offensive over and over again. Like, they're <laughs> hilarious. You have to watch them. So, but that—that's what we're talking about. Like, how how involved and how like much he loves that. Like that oh, is that's the cult following. That's that the cult is following. Like what I saw was yep. like that's the cult. Drink the, the cult. You know, like. And Ooh. you've got, I mean, 
we'll go ahead and kind of get into the the more deeper make you think movies but you've got that we've already talked about it with like people that love a clockwork orange so yes. we're, yeah. we're talking now we're, we're getting more the vein of movies that are supposed <laughs> to make you think but almost to a pretentious point <laughs> yeah in a way. um but these are definitely cult movies of, of themselves and and they've got, gained such popularity and such um novelty to them at right. this point deep make you think movies i think were my real true introduction to cult films same actually. and why i really enjoyed them um the very first one I think I watched was actually A Clockwork Orange. Really? I think it was. I, I watched it on TMC mm-hmm. when I was like up late at like 2 a.m. for no good reason. Of course. <laughs> As high schoolers do. Yeah, in high school. And I watched it and I was like, wow, I have ideas about this. I understand what it was trying to say. The public is brainwashing me. I'm formulating my ideas about the world, and this is groundbreaking. I identify with this violent <laughs> sociopath. Right? Like, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> now. But, like, I just remember, like, 16, 17-year-old me was like, this is the most highbrow thing. Oh, no. And I am so into it. And from then, I I just wanted all the weird movies yep. that I could dissect. Because that was kind of like a coming of age thing, I think, for me. Of like, That's when fair. I realized that I could dissect these movies, I was like, wow. Like, I'm formulating my own opinions about mm-hmm. a thing. That's super different than what my parents would watch or say. Right. Yeah, so I think that was like my first one. But I feel like I've talked to other people and basically, anytime they've seen a Kubrick film, like 2001, that is very even The Shining, mm-hmm. that is kind of the feeling that they have. And like I said before, cult films are all about this m- movie experience that creates connections or a cult follow or community. Yep. And I don't know what's more nerdy than that, creating community out of pop culture (laughs) that is true that is kind of the basis of nerdiness do you have a favorite deep movie that makes you think yeah so it's actually funny that you you would um you would put it on on your notes earlier was uh donnie darko was actually my introduction to cult films was it um yeah the the whole concept of time travel and his hallucinations was super cool to me i loved Um, donnie darko I th- that really got in touch with my emo phase too. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and um, not James Blunt. Who was the? He, they J- had the. Jillinal? No, 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 not oh, the okay. actor. The song. Um, they had the Tears for Fears songs, oh. Mad World. But it was done by somebody else, and it was so good and so dark. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love that movie. We definitely watched that in like every sleepover for a while. Um, as good as Donnie Darko is. Yeah. And, and as much as I love it. Donnie Darko is also an example of one thing that should not happen, and that is cult sequels. I did not know there was a Donnie yeah. Darko sequel. So with the exception of Sharknado, because Why? they intended to make it you know ridiculous over and over again. Um, if you're trying to make it serious, you don't want a sequel. They no. had a sequel, um, Debbie Darko. About no, his sister Deb. No. Sounds like a Debbie Downer. It was a lot of downers. Was man. it Maggie Gyllenhaal that that sister or his little one? Um, I don't actually remember because I didn't watch very much of it. <laughs> um, I got just far enough to like r- cringe out of my mind and ran away. 
Oh, um, that's so upsetting. So the other category that I kind of break this up into was uh, cinematic novelty. And I basically feel like that's any cult movie that really just is shocking to be shocking. Yes. That pushes the envelope. Those that are like highly quotable or singable. Um, <laughs> the, singable. the number one that I'm talking about is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Love it or hate it, whatever you feel about it, it was a huge step in pushing the envelope on just seeing how far they could go. That's true. And they, they went far. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very oh far. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's talking, you know, talking about um, sexuality in a way that most films didn't really touch on. Right. I mean, your, your lead character is a transvestite. Right. Yeah. It, which is definitely Which is, uncommon for the for the time it came out. Oh, definitely. And, and still uncommon. Yeah. Hmm. Work on that. It definitely it definitely pushed the envelope. Yes. For sure. And it was shocking. I think most of it was shocking to be shocking, but it's funny. It's highly quotable. The songs are great. I really like the songs. The characters are fun mm -hmm. and weird and random. And and it definitely they, brought all the weird kids together. It totally brought the weird kids together, and it still brings weird kids together. That is true. Uh, in community theater groups and colleges around the nation at least <laughs> yeah i mean it's still it still has like uh, showings at actual theaters oh, oh yeah definitely and the cult showings i mean i think rocky horror picture show was probably the first to actually do a quote-unquote cult showing mm -hmm. where you have uh little acts that you do throughout the movie like, like running in your underwear which is why i hate rocky horror picture show i don't want to see high schoolers running their underwear not Please running stop. not running in your underwear that's oh. not part of it that is that was in raleigh yeah it, if you're a virgin oh yeah well, that's it's like the part of the virgin thing but anyway the the things like you like push the lips up like with your fingers or like throw things oh, at the screen, right, right, right. Um, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Or like, what's for dinner? Meatloaf. That part. Right. Yeah. Where you like have a call and response or something. And that really kind of <laughs> revolutionized and solidified a cult film, I think. Um, cause they do them for others now. There, there are cult showings of the room that you have like goodie bags and mm -hmm. spoons that you throw at one point. Okay. Sure. Some lines that you speak. And, um, I think there are a few others, but Rocky Horror Picture Show, I'm pretty sure is the first to kind of do that. Hmm. And it's all just about what we were saying before. Like this is the epitome of being in a community. Right. Enjoying something with a, a bunch of other people who enjoy it. A bunch of weird nerds. Just as much nerds. as you, you do. <laughs> a bunch of weird nerds in their underwear. Because you do wear underwear there. That's true. A lot of people do. Okay. And so then you have one of the most novel, cinematic novels. The most intriguing, <laughs> disturbed people creating cult films. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. 
it's I think his MO, his style is that he's like, I'm going to make a cult film. And it's almost it's so weird because every almost every time I won't say every time, but almost every time he does. Yeah, it's always it, it always hits all the marks. It's weird. It's quotable. It gets a devoted fan base. Sometimes it's hilarious. But I will say they're very rarely bad. Somehow he does yeah. it with them out without them being bad. Which will always blow my mind. I mean, Inglorious Bastards. Oh is gosh, is such a good film. The best film. I mean, Pulp Fiction, a total mm-hmm. classic. Reservoir Dogs, amazing. Like they're just. Yeah, and he's got some weirder ones that like kind of push the, that boundary a little bit, like um, Planet Terror and Death Proof, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, but then even some of those, like Kill Bill, walks that fine line, but is not a bad film. Yeah, because it's kind of weird because it is like this weird uh, hero kung fu epic. Right. But it stars a woman, and there's a whole scene with her feet. Yep. There's gross, always a foot scene. And it's gross every time. Every Tarantino <laughs> film, so even even in some of them, like it'll be subtle. Um, there's a couple where it's like quietly placed somewhere, but Tarantino has a huge foot fetish. I have not um, noticed this, but it really bothers me now that yep. you say it. Uh, so if you pay attention, there's <laughs> always feet in his movies. Um, Planet Terror starts with Fergie uh, doing her toenails with her feet hanging out of a car window. Oh, okay. Yep. I mean, fine, I it's guess. It's his thing. I just really hate that scene in Kill Bill where she's I like... I just hate feet. ...want to move her toe. It's gross. Yeah, it is gross. I don't like feet. Feet are weird. <sighs> feet are weird. Feet, and, feet are gross. They're not supposed to be... Tarantino's also weird. All right. So I guess he gets away with it. I mean, it works for him. (laughs) But yeah, if you haven't seen a Tarantino film, I would be surprised. Uh, Yeah. If you haven't seen a Tarantino film, what are you doing? It would would honestly be hard because they they really do cover a lot of of ground without even realizing it. You know, you have the Kung Fu epic of Kill Bill. You have the zombie film of Planet Terror. You have the whodunit of Reservoir Dogs. The whatever Pulp Fiction is. Of Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah, the Pulp I Fiction feel like of Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction was exactly that. Like it's it a crime. was it, to me it's like a crime drama. That's kind of what I was thinking too. It's a whole because it, it's like three or four different stories yeah. in one story. Together. It's and not yeah. in chronological order. No. Weird movies, but they're so good. They're so good every time. And it's it's funny because you would think that if he sets out to create a cult film. Uh, that it would not do so well. Or like if he was like, I'm going to keep making these weird movies. Like he's got to mess up. Eventually, but he still hasn't really Mm -hmm. like Django Unchained. He has um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming out that I'm really excited about. I'm also really excited for that. Uh, Because it looks great. I think the main thing is that he's found this balance of both pushing the envelope as far as what a cult film can do, but also remembering what is fun in cinema. And it That's and a good that point. the yeah. action and the dialogue, like all of it is can be at as cheeky but as serious at the same time as he wants it to be, and it just flows perfectly. Yeah. That's true. I, I agree with that. Um, and I think you're right, actually, that he does kind of like he remembers what's fun. I mean, if you think about like a couple of the ones I mentioned, um, you know, we mentioned the categories that they fit into, but they are kind of exemplars of that category. 
Yeah. Like, um, Planet Terror is through and through a zombie film. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it fits up there with George Romero. I mean, it's, you know, it follows the plot. It follows the ideas. Um, so, like, I think, I think you're exactly right. I think he remembers what makes that type of film what it is. And stays true to that, but not being formulaic. Yeah. Because I think it's, I think part of it's honestly just like whatever is in his twisted mind at any given moment. He just throws it out there. Just puts it out there and it works. I think he also doesn't take himself too seriously. No, he does not. Which is why he also appears in every, uh, most of his movies. I don't think he still appears in all of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, he appears in most of his movies and he's always kind of this like dickish character. Like, he, you know, he's not likable. Like he's a all, weird guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, I I, th- I think he really does kind of, like, know what he is. Yeah. And that helps as well. All right. So, anyway. before we wrap it up today, um, we've been talking a lot about cult films. We mentioned cult literature, but something that people don't typically talk about, and I, I like, I have one that I have to mention, is cult video games. Um, and one of the biggest ones, the biggest one, is American McGee's Alice. Yes. Have you ever played this or heard of okay, this? Okay, I've heard of it. But what's it but about? I've never gotten a chance. Well, so to. it's Alice in Wonderland, um, but it, with a very dark twist on it. Because in this, Alice has a uh, mental disorder, maybe, yeah. and it walks this fine line. You know, you're in this like dark, um, industrialized London, and then suddenly mm-hmm. it will like transform into Wonderland as she's going, and you're kind of left to wonder like how often she's hallucinating and how often like things are really happening. Yeah. Um, and it gets into, I mean, it gets into mental disorders and it gets into sexual assault and trauma and like it, it just hand in loss. It handles a lot of very dark concepts in this like super kind of cutesy world. Right. Um, but they put a demented spin on all the artwork and, you know, it's very, like I said, it's very twisted. Yeah. Um, and the first game did terribly, absolutely terribly. And frankly, I played it. It wasn't a great game, but it, the concept of it was so cool that it got a sequel that did a lot better. And it's actually getting a third game coming out, I believe, Is next it? year. Yeah, there's a what? third Alice coming out. Well, do you think that they'll um, kind of revamp the... Because the second one's Alice Madness Descends? Malice, uh, Madness Returns. Madness Returns. Yeah. Um, you think they'll like revamp that for a PS4? Oh, uh, maybe. Or, they'll probably remaster it. I feel like it's it. probably on Steam, though. Uh, anyway. It is It is definitely on Steam. Okay. I, I can imagine they'll probably remaster it before the new one comes out. Um, I think the graphics would hold up, too, though. I yeah. I think they could probably just put it out as a free game and it'd be fine. Um, I'd be down for that. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm interested to see where the the next one goes because at the end of it, she defeats um, the source of her trauma and embraces the madness. Huh. Uh, instead of you know coming out of it, like she defeats it, and then but instead of coming out of it, she gets fully wrapped into it. And so I want to see like what they do with that. I love um, that. The, yeah, because the next one, like, I mean, it could be, they could go so many different ways. Um, so that's an example of, like, a, a cult video game, um, which, like I said, that doesn't happen nearly as often. All right, and so for our last segment, we're going to do something a little different. And uh, I'm just, right now, this is, a, um, this may not be the final title, but I'm going to call this Geeking Out. So, guys, right now uh, in, you know, your everyday life, what do you, what do you geeking out over? So um, I'll go first. Uh, right now, I am really into this podcast series done by Wondry, um, which is like these deep dives inside uh, interesting films. 
Um, like cult films. Like cult films. Uh, right now, they are currently putting out a Inside Star Wars, which is really fun. But they also did an Inside the Exorcist, Inside Psycho, and Inside Jaws. And I've listened to all of them. And they're really good, and they're a lot of fun. So, Sweet. Yeah. Tim, what about nice. you? Yeah, I just finished the first book in a trilogy um, that I am super excited about. It's a book called A Big Ship at the Edge of the Universe. It's about an ex-soldier, a washed-up treasure hunter, and a high-speed racer joining up and going treasure hunting for a giant warship. It's crazy. It blends magic and science together in a way that uh, most authors fail miserably at. Um, But uh, Alex White is the author. He does it in such a smooth way. It really feels very natural in a way that I could actually very easily suspend my uh, disbelief. Um, and I, I mean, you guys saw how, how often I was reading it. I could not put yeah. that book down. Yeah. Very cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And, uh, mine real quick, uh, I found, uh, well, with the help of Tim, we've found a new card game, uh, called Star Wars Destiny. It's not that new. It's been out for probably a year or two now, but new to us. And, um, it's just kind of different because first off, I love Star Wars and the lore of it anyway. So getting to play a card game that you get to assemble, and use and it's not just strictly based on how many cards you have but it also has a dice element to it um so it it puts that that factor of randomization into the game that makes things a little bit more fair more interesting but you get to play everything from like general grievous or darth sidious in your deck to um to like obi-wan kenobi or jar jar binks or jar, jar binks they even have <laughs> jar jar in there as a playable character so I highly recommend it. I think it's fun. I feel like Tim and I are the only people. I feel like this is our own little cult uh, right. following because I think we're the only people in Greensboro that actually even play it. Um, oh, but it's so much fun. And that gamble really does make a difference. It really does. Um, so I, I recommend that one. Um, but yeah, so I think this is uh, going to wrap it up for us, guys. Hey, so thanks so much for hanging out with us. This has been The Geek Easy. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we have all the social medias. We are the geek easy on Facebook. We are the geek easy cast on Instagram and Twitter. And our email address is the geek easy cast at gmail.com. Send us a message. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. If you think that all of our cult films were wrong, if you have a different one, just talk to us. We like friends. <laughs> and if the bloody mess gave you too much of a hangover to go to work, call me. I won't pay you, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So again, thanks for joining us, guys. We had a great time. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.